This is Tom from Wrong Rocket. This is Mike, right. Narrative Mike. <laughs> Here we go. We're off to a great start, Narrative Mike. Yeah. What could slow. go wrong? It's been a freaking... It's, it's been a day, brother. It's all uphill and also downhill from here. It's also in the hill. The hill's on you. I might be the hill. I think about it. We are all the hill in one way or another. Sort of I an like existential Lauren problem. Hill. Okay. Fair enough. Release the... Kraken! fine evening how are you doing oh this is no not good but i'm here and this will be better <laughs> so right into the sucking the monkey <laughs> what, what what are you consuming tonight uh, i am i'm drinking again my banshee my blue chardonnay chardonnay my banshee chardonnay local and, californian winery and then uh, so how good. many how many ice cubes are in that uh, well, there's two because unfortunately I didn't put it in my I didn't put it in my wine cooler. <laughs> it's hot, so I'm like. Mm. Okay, I'm having a, a signature drink. Yeah. My drink for this podcast, I've decided to call the the Pumple Goose. So it's oh, grapefruit goose. juice, grapefruit yeah. soda, and grapefruit infused vodka all together. Three times the grapefruit, nice. a number I like. I call it yeah. not not Pumple Goose, the Pumple Goose. Because it can goose you if you have more than one. Uh, All right. The, the Pumper uh, Goose. Be, um, we're going to hit it and quit it. So I think we just dive right into our sweet, sweet uh, Red Sky Roundup of news Let's items. Let's do this. Because yeah. every time we think we're caught up, we're never there's caught more up. things. Right, we're yeah. never caught up. Um, it, it, do it. Knock so it out first. Knock I'm not. One. I'm not going to do you're, it. You're not knocking the big one out first? Okay. No, because I'm a, I'm a Marvel zombie, and I'm going to do Marvel first. They okay. have confirmed there were well, reportedly have confirmed they're shooting this summer, seeming to reinforce our theory that, of course, they had a plan and they spent this whole time course correcting to try to figure out a solution, which will invariably have to be Shuri as the Black Panther. It better be. It better be. If it's not, I'm going to be so disappointed in them. I've I've heard some things like maybe two or three people take the mantle, like it's one of those deals, but I hope they don't. Sure. Like a a, I, a fight for the cowl kind of thing, or or even like a yeah, or like the some of the iterations of Batman over the recent years where there's just multiples and sure it seems like it's a franchise. I I hope yeah. they just oh I just let I hope they let Shuri just own it. Yeah, it it seems unlikely with the political structure that exists in Wakanda that it would just mm-hmm. be a willy nilly free for all of who's Black Panther. Now, if there's a Black Panther in North America, and then Shuri is like. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> right. Like right. that's cool. Like I totally yep. dig that idea. But if there's like people be like, I'm Black Panther, it's like, um, that's an inherited title and you just can't claim it. So that's that just I love how we tend to think very much alike. Let me tell you a thing I thought. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what you said. Pan a Black Panther from America appearing or a Black Panther from somewhere else appearing. Sure. So here's yeah. here's my thought. It's an awesome way of backing into the untapped majesty that is the armor wars. But it's Shuri going after people using Wakanda tech. That's cool. They've already been hinting at the idea that the Wakanda tech is sensitive and they don't want it out there. What if there's Black Panthers that appear and she's going after them? What's this? And they call it 
and they call it Panther. Yeah. They just call it Panther. Oh, nice. All right, I, I will look. For my, I will look for my check in my mailbox, and that sucks because USPS is not delivered in like five days. But they I'm should send it, me a check. That's no, I dig that idea because it's not like we aren't playing fast and loose continuity. Because I mean, I love Tony. He did not invent Ultron. Hank right. Pym did. Right. So if we're yes. if we're okay with Tony making Ultron, we can be okay with Black Panther doing the Armor Wars. So. And this ties directly into our last conversation because clearly, if there was to be an, Amer an incorrect American Black Panther, it should be Matthew McConaughey. No, I can't. I can't see Black <laughs> Panther being okay. All right, all right, all right. Gonna kick your ass now. You are the Black Panther. What? <laughs> what makes you think I'm not? You know. <laughs> oh, you're Plays a white dude. Class, yeah. <laughs> class warfare. Oh. So, that would be amazing. Yeah, That'd no, be amazing. But okay, um, so no. Yeah. All right. Another item. Again, Shuri. Yes. Shuri has yeah. to be a Black Panther. I agree. Now, I have another thing for you, which is we had two bits of Hawkeye news. Yeah. One Hawkeye news item was that they're going to fold in the Clint Barton's losing his hearing storyline from the comics. Oh, fun. Fun. Yes. Good. Um, Good. Bad news about that, about that being that Jeremy Renner is still Hawkeye, and the more time passes... And the more yeah. I just see him recording music and mm -hmm. posting live, love, laugh stuff on Instagram and stuff, the more I'm starting to fall into the camp of I'm getting kind of tired of him as Clint Barton. Particularly, I think I was okay with him as the MCU Hawkeye, but the, yeah. the closer we get to the amazing Hawkeye solo series, the yeah. more I want Hawkeye to be the Hawkeye from that series, which is, sure. really does not feel like Renner at all. Yeah, No, it's it's not. I mean, and maybe he could pull it off. I mean, he, he does do very interesting characters, so it's possible he can bounce back from it somehow. It just seems that when they turned him into Ronan, who he's not at all, yeah, for some reason they decided to make that character happen. He um, had a sweet fade, though. Yes. Did he? Did he? Did he, though? Um, well... I liked I mean, him better saw, as a. I, I liked him better Ronin, as a born than I did as a. Yeah, kind of agreed, person. agreed. Um, I, just, I remember seeing Ronan and being super happy, and then seeing it and being like, "Wait, that's a dude." <laughs> yeah, is, and it's that's a totally dude. a dude, and it's him, and he just got he he suffered through his existential dread and guilt over surviving the snap by getting a sleeve of tattoos, shaving the sides of his head, and then having a pompadour. It, you know. Wait. Wait, that's pretty. That's pretty solid Gen X story, though, isn't it? It, it like really that, is. That's on a pretty much what fifty-year-old man. You're right. You're right. I mean, that's <laughs> not what we do. Yeah, that's exactly get, right. Get a pompadour if we can. Grow one. Get a yes. tattoo. I don't know what you mean. So, but the other part of this that was more enjoyable to me was just like yesterday, there was footage, you know, like Twitter footage of mm -hmm. Haley Haley Stanfield is a good in Kate costume. Bishop, yo. She's I a mean, good it Kate was, Bishop. I'm so happy. I'm struggling to remember the last fan cast that worked so well. Actually, Rosario Dawson's technically a fan casting because she got that gig because photo manips, right? That's pretty amazing. But, 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 but I, but Haley Stanfield, I mean, that's just, she, it looks I, like they're also putting more, there's, it looks like it's a little bit looser fitting <laughs> um, and there's not the weird thigh cutouts and stuff. And I think I can get behind yeah. all of that. Yep. I think she could have, um, I think. Physically, she could have supported the skin-tight look if she wanted to or if they wanted to, but, but I'm okay with them I mean, not doing that. Yeah, and 
Like and I've been a big fan just of hers. Right. I've been a big fan of hers since Barely Lethal. I yeah. thought she was fantastic in that, and I thought she was great in Bumblebee. I thought it was a very sweet movie. Um, I didn't see her. Movie. I didn't see Barely Lethal. <laughs> it's adorable. It's about huh. an assassin. Uh, it's it's basically what if a teenage Black Widow says "fuck it, I'm out," and goes and tries and live with with like a normal everyday family, and but doesn't like has been trained to be the Black Widow. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of you know kind of fun teen rompy compy kind of you yeah. know it's not it's not super deadly but it's it's super fun <laughs> it's a super sweet kids movie she's got a couple of different um projects that apparently she was great in but that i didn't see but uh i'm still reeling from the fact that every time i go on the way back machine and realize yeah. that this is she was in true grit and and i yep. and i remember yep. seeing true grit and it was like when you saw Leon the first time and you're like that Natalie Portman is going to be someone <laughs> right yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how I felt about her in True Grit and it's and she's yeah. just so different visually than she was in that movie that it took me a long time to yeah. marry the two together that's still fair. super awesome so okay uh, I have another item which is it's a big day for Marvel fans MCU fans and especially Marvel Netflix fans because yesterday yep. or the day before Marvel retain regained the rights to Daredevil in the House of Mouse, Marvel Mouse, Marvel Mighty Mouse. I want so immediately and uh, shit, I forgot his name, Matt Murdock. I want the guy Cox. who plays ben, Char- Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. I want them. I want them both. I want them, I both, want back. them both. Hard, hard. I want everybody. I, mean, I want everybody in the Daredevil show back. It was such think, a good show. Oh my god! I just. Oh. I, I still mourn the loss of that show. So to me, yeah. I love that there are petitions and everything else, and who knows whether it'll happen or not. But it would be astounding to me for Marvel not to pursue that, given how he was uniformly praised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I looked saw, so damn good at it. I saw a throwaway article that was like, how to fit Kingpin back into the universe with Spider Man. I'm like, sure. Or we just make another Daredevil show. <laughs> well, I we mean, talked before about. The idea that the the next Spider-Man movie would be a great way to s- sneak insert Daredevil, yeah, yeah, and then and, but we concluded that his dynamic with Daredevil has it will almost equally work with Deadpool, and I don't think either one yeah. really needs to be squeezed into a nah. into a Spider-Man movie. But it seems like yeah. the kind of thing they would do on paper. But eh. so I mean, just exciting keep it, though. Keep it one hero, one villain. Stop Please trying do. to jam eight billion people into a thing, man. Stop. My son's Stop. been watching uh, these YouTube videos that are, uh, you know, someone, you know, they're like the YouTube version of Screen Rant or Inverse articles. So it's like, sure. um, you know, secret theories about Spider-Man. And it's right, all the right, things right. like, you know, you know, Aunt May had green shoes, which, if you recall, is very similar to the witch in The Wizard of Oz, which also suggests that Mysterio right, yeah. is really, you know. It's that kind of thing, right? So he watches, yeah, so he watches that stuff, and then he'll just show up, I'm making a salad, and he'll just show up and go, Dad, here's a theory. Like, he made it up himself, and he's like, Sinister Six, discuss. You know, I'm like, okay. (laughs) I mean, it's great coming from a nine-year-old who hasn't seen almost all of the MCU, but, um, (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. But he's not right, either. So, uh, Star-Lord's been confirmed to join Thor 3. Or Thor 3. With that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're good, right? Um, yeah, keep the Cosmic Heroes together. I'm good with it. 
Yep. And they, I mean, they had such a good, they had a good repartee when he was on the ship, you know? Yep. That's, I mean, that's what they're playing up, right? Is that, yeah. that, that interaction they had. I think that's a really good formula for the the interesting Marvel movies in the same way that we had it with Ragnarok. Yeah. His, his bouncing with Banner was amazing. And I think yeah. that that's the way to do it. So I'm all over it. And also Groot, Groot's going to come in. Teenage Groot will be involved, which is okay. Um, and, you know, last time we talked about the Oscar Isaacs Marvel or uh, Moon Knight stuff and how they seemingly have confirmed it. Well, now they're saying that they are um, going to start production in 2021, which is a good sign. I mean, yeah. this means nothing in the pandemic yeah, world, really but it, it means they put it. I mean, the post-its on the board, which is better than what we could say for a lot of the projects that they had in the pipeline. Right. Sure. Where's. Where's Sony's Aunt May solo film, I ask you? Where's the Madam Web solo project, I ask you? See? So we're yeah, way ahead well, of those fine projects. Where did, uh, where's Morbius? No, where's Morbius? <laughs> yeah, that one's in the can and disappeared, didn't it? Uh, uh, and then finally, uh, uh, apparently... for the best. <laughs> well, and apparently Deadpool 3 has life. They've actually got writers yeah. attached. So Steven Universe writers, maybe? Is that right? I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean... Good things for people who like Deadpool. Are those the are those the guys behind not for profit? Uh, Sorry, um, there was might be. there was they this may not old be guys YouTube either. channel that did like, uh, she 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 she's a time bomb. It's they have a whole bunch of shorts on YouTube. Go look them up. Uh, what is <laughs> shit? Okay, fine, never mind that. I don't have time for uh, YouTube videos. What's my son's for? I'll, I will find them and send them to you. They're really good. I make good. salads, and then he comes and tells me what he saw. In my house, it's the devil. Like, the two kids just watch YouTube during the pandemic all the time, and we hear it going in the background. I don't even have time to watch. I don't know. I'm an old man. I don't have time for videos. I don't get to play my PlayStation 5. I don't even have a PlayStation 5. I assume when, when I see the name pop up on my screen, I'm like, that's not, that's not Tom. <laughs> you should totally i've told mateo that you're my one playstation network friend so if he ever sees gaming requests or hellos or messages from you he's yeah. okay to answer them so he, he'll he know okay. that it's you when it's you and when it's not right. you he may or may not know that i will um, say hello then all right and challenge him to a two-person uh uh so uh whatever it is like a tag team mission in destiny that'll go great um sure i'm always up for helping people out i love that game yeah you don't get to help a nine-year-old out playing destiny you made the terrible mistake in answering that so uh let's talk about dc uh items because if there might have, have been to. some things yeah so um the most important one i think this is the one that everyone's talking about that is that, that Yard- melissa bonet is not coming back to be supergirl there's that. Uh, I didn't know that. I'm going to write that Benoit? in. Benoit? Ben, ben, Benoit? Benoist? Ben, yeah, I can't. I'm sorry I fucked up your name. You're no, awesome. No, but I think, but I think she Supergirl. actually is. I think she's a Benoist, but then again, she might not be. Yeah. Not coming back, huh? She had a good yeah, run. Yeah, she said, after six, I'm done. I was like, fair. Fair. You did a great job. She you are run. Supergirl in my head. Like Runs whenever I think of run. Supergirl, it's you now. Runs in the tights. You can see what I said as a double meaning when I said she had a good run because her costume uh, had the tights. For she has pants now. 
Yeah, I know. Super, super pants. So, no, no. The, obviously, the thing that everybody's excited about, the big topic that even Apple News is pushing on everybody is that, indeed, Yard Floor, the future state Wonder Woman, will be on the CW as Wonder Girl. Because, of course, they're going to introduce a new character and they're going to change their name, even though they're introducing them at the same time in two different media. They're not even yeah, going to be well, the same character. Yeah, DC, DC has DC has shit for programming and planning. Yes, They're garbage. I mean, yes. for the next, what, two months, they're not even doing the regular comics? <laughs> I mean, they're doing Future State? So, I mean, not, that's always gone I, well, right? Which, I mean, I'm, I'm reading because I read Wonder Woman yeah. and Superman and Nightwing. So I will be reading these things. But part of me is like, yeah, remember when you tried the year one million? That right. was garbage. It doesn't and go dank. well. Well, the Ooh, problem no, is, that... is a good thing. It's bunk. Yeah. Okay. It's bunk. Well, in the past, those kinds of projects were terrible for comic shops because readers didn't know what to do and they got frustrated yeah. and they didn't buy them. Um, and then they lose the subs, right? So yep. your job is to get all the subs for everybody and keep them going until this is done. Until future state becomes present state. And then you're good. What's well, DC? It won't ever become present state. They don't do that. They yeah, like yeah. everything to stay exactly how it is and never change. And when it does yeah. change too far, they reset the fucking universe. Supergirl's, uh, um, uh, her super pants are those like rip off chaps. And then she's back to her old costume again. She is. Right? No. Well, I mean, the Arrowverse, as, as, as I've said many a time, the Arrowverse is their best fucking product. Right. Um, uh, so the other thing was that the showrunner for the Gotham Central, the Batman prequel series has left due to creative differences or something. Now, in the age of awesome. pandemic, but the thing is, in the age of pandemic yeah, yeah. production, that's true. That doesn't necessarily could, mean a bad thing. Could be anything. True. True, 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 true. Um... But at the same time, it always makes me wonder, though, because I think that if they were hired on their vision, how did the vision change? Unless, because, you know, the sausage being made the way it is could be vegan sausage. Oftentimes, they hire them and they don't have a plan. They hire them to make a plan and then they don't like the plan. So who knows? Yeah. They but, like them for the vision they had for other things. Yes. Yes. Um, but at the same time, uh, and then speaking of, and it's only tangentially related, but similar topic, um, Joss Whedon's off another project. Yeah, the Never seems like the world has lost has lost the uh, the enamor of Mr. Joss Whedon, which I'm happy that the world's catching up because I lost my yeah. my love of him a while ago, and I was like, he sounds like a creep, and I'm really sad that he made some stuff I dug back in the day. A whole lot of grab ass with that guy. Yeah. Right. So uh, speaking of grab ass, similarly, Sylvester Stallone. Do you think he's going to be King Shark? I think he is. He's in that Suicide Squad, but you don't know what he's playing. It's got to be King Shark. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, if anyone can convince him to do it, I believe I believe that director could. <laughs> can you imagine that? Can you imagine him on stage uh, in the and all the, pe the tennis balls all over him? And, and he's like, and then they just, they're going to, we're dub this over, right? And then they don't. They just let his marble mouth. Nope, we're not dubbing it over. The we're King Shark. Like you do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's like, it's like um, Matt Parker and Trey Stone did a mm -hmm. did a thing for Universal back in the day. It was a promo for Universal, and it, they had 
they just interviewed all these really important people and they had Sylvester Stallone talk and they subtitled him. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's so mean. That's not nice. They're kind of mean. They're kind of mean boys. But um, you're, you're the disease so, and I'm the cure. What? You're the oh. disease and I'm the cure. So uh, speaking of that, have you seen the Judge Dredd news? Um, the new Judge Dredd that they're going to do. So possibly going to make a TV show, possibly looking at both Carl Urban and Sylvester Stallone. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually interested. <laughs> like, I want to know what you're going to do with both those characters. Cause only one of them is Judge Dredd, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think you got to tread really carefully. I feel like this is that ice yeah. that, um, Scarecrow would send people out onto in his, in his awesome Dark Knight Rises kangaroo court in yeah. that awesome movie, Dark Knight Rises. I feel like this is that thin ice that uh, with these bring all the versions of the character to the table, like with the Batmans yeah. and the multi this and that. I don't know. It, it, it might be the tipping point on fan service that takes me too far out of it. Sure. But I don't I know you. for sure. I think, hmm, I will say, though, I think on the small screen scale, I can yeah. handle a multiversal environment like that. Yeah. There's something about the cinematic scale that bothers me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we're like, going to get the be... flash with his, his velour, his Terry. Uh, no, no, uh, it's that velour, crushed velvet, oh, yeah. crushed yeah, yeah. velvet uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Ship. We're going to get that uh, in that. I don't know. But I liked it. I, I, it was, I thought it was awesome, but I get it. I get what you're saying. The, so it'll be interesting if they do like, a concurrent series where it's like half the show is young dread half the show is old dread sure like that'd be i like hmm okay how does this work but we'll see yeah. i mean who you knows? got hit in the head you got hit in the head with the lawmaker and then yeah fast forward Fair. 20 years well speaking Ugh. of uh speaking of ship and his uh his really uncomfortable textures yeah uh you just want to pet the flash back in the zach, day zach's Zack Snyder has revealed a bunch of uninteresting in stuff about the Justice League movie, and okay. his big deal was, everybody get ready and check it out, and it was Steppenwolf again, but this time yeah. Steppenwolf is less CGI guy with a helmet and more super spiky CGI guy, and I will go on record as saying I think at least it's a more interesting look, although yeah. Transformers has ruined overly textured monocolor mono characters forever for me. I agree, and but again, I'm still I am still on the lines of who the fuck cares about Steppenwolf? Nobody, I mean, nobody gave a fuck about Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf's only Why value is he was your big bad guy. Well, his only value was as a herald in the Galactus Manor, and they botched that. So, but he's not really like I know, Steppenwolf but in is this... not that thing. <laughs> but in DCEU, that's how they were setting it up, and it was only useful if. They smacked him around, and then the portal opens, or the you know the boom tube opens, or whatever, and then dark dark side shows up. Oh, hey, did you? Are you the one that told me that it's supposed to be dark seed and not dark side? Either yeah, which is I, I read that somewhere. It was just like whatever. that's dumb. That guy <laughs> uh, shows up, and they're like, "Well, we be defeated the big bad, but except he's not the big bad." The problem is, the, and so, we talked about this before, the MCU has ruined everything with Thanos. Yeah. So they can do nothing without it just seeming like a ripoff of Thanos, which is yeah, ironic, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, so 
the scenario you just proposed is the end of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I'm not being okay. mean. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> what you just said is 100% the end of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I think I, I, I think I pick up what you're laying down, and it's not good. So I mean, you they could have gone, they could have done, they could have chosen so many other characters. They could have brought Big Barda in because Big Barda is a, a solid fight, right? They could have right. just had an army of parademons, right? <laughs> like, I still want a Big Barda. Oh the yeah, hundred percent. The problem is the last time I was fan casting Big Barda, I was actually trying to do that, and yeah. uh, I wanted Gina Carano, and yeah. now I don't. Yeah. And now you know. Way. Um, I know. Mr. Man, there was one yeah, other man. thing. I'm trying to remember what okay. it was. Oh, I know what it is. All of the Warner Brothers movies are going to be coming streaming same day what? in 2021. What are, you, what? what are you talking about? What's this? What are you talking about? The best That's news ever to happen in the world? What? In the Apple News style, that snuck in on me while I was on a meeting. I was talking when it popped up, and I was like, Bubba, what? And, uh, you know. It, it, it caused me to skip, skip amazing i mean warner brothers does some shit stuff like they they do some pretty shady underhanded things like the amount of stuff they've screwed alex right. ross and mark wade out of like you guys are dicks but true good plan good plan fuck it put it in theaters put it on your service do it good well, idea the the thing though is I mean, it's being treated like when they when they said they were going to put Wonder Woman on streaming and theater. And you're like, what theater? Some theater in Burbank and then streaming. So that way they can try to get uh, Oscars for it or something. I don't know. But when they did that, there were a number of creators who said, that's a bold move, Cotton. You know, like it was a real good on them. But, yeah. you know, in reality, while each of these companies is, is fiddle-faddling with how they make it work financially to minimize their losses, whether it's you know, streaming or you pay to pay-per-view or to whatever. I still don't see how this is not an inevitability. And so the bigger, the bigger thing to me is not that they did it. It's that their decision to say it'll open in theaters and at home, which seems to me to be, to me, that is an attempt to throw one little tiny little life wrap life jacket or whatever. What are they called? Lifesavers. You throw a little candy in the water. Preserver. Um, uh, to the theater, to the theater uh, chains, because that yeah. they're the ones who are freaking out so much about the pay per view yeah. uh, method, right? That's why I mean, yeah. they all said that when No Time to Die was postponed indefinitely, well, yeah. that's ending the world for movie theaters, and it's sad that that is not a sustainable ecosystem that they can't find a way to support those chains somehow on life support. But right, yeah. I don't know if this is going to help though or hurt. Even as it's inevitable that they did it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen. Like, it's this is just the beginning. Like, this is the first company to be like, let's see if it works. And when it works, when people they make money, it'll be fine because more subscribers come to their service, and you know, more more people buy their VOD. Yep. Then it'll just be it'll be direct money to them, as opposed to having to go through these movie chains. It's just a different model. And there'll be people who want to do the different model. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Lionsgate just goes, "Fuck it, we're going this way." <laughs> well, did you know? So there was some scuttlebutt that uh, Apple was the, they were the closest and the most vocal at being willing to buy the Bond movie. Yeah, uh, and that they even offered like three hundred million or four hundred million for it. 
Sure. Uh, and that uh, the production the production house said no, nine hundred. <laughs> uh, like yeah, okay. It's believable. <laughs> it is, oh, it's totally true. believable. Yeah. All right, my man. So, well, are you ready for some Star Wars news? Oh, please. Yeah, I love Star Wars news. All right, we're gonna dodge a certain major event and story and subject matter. I appreciate it. You are behind. Um, but you know, sad, sad times, uh, Mr. Prowse passed away. Yeah, it is. So he was 85 years young and he's gone. And that was a big man. He was a big man. Yeah. Huge, huge. Or is the current parlance huge, huge. That's not the current parlance at all. (laughs) So, uh, what is your impression of him freaking guy as a personality in the way that, you know, Anthony Daniels and various people related to the production over the years have made statements. I mean, almost everybody in the original star Wars have been something. I know nothing about him other than he was Darth Vader. So it's interesting. There's a lot of cool photos of him. Yeah. And I've, I've read some stories about him and he's, I don't, yeah. And I don't have a sense that he was vocal. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't have that in my mind in sort of the, that's not in my. That's not in my. Um, in my awareness of him, that he was vocal yeah. about being pro or con Star Wars and its evolution, and whether he would be. I feel like maybe he was talked about briefly when he wasn't in the suit for Rogue One. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, I feel I, like I they talked more about it... Chewbacca than him. Oh, fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could think about it this way. As in reality, with the movies, I only heard other people's voices. Fair enough. Well, he did, and it's a sad time. Yeah. And it's also sad, you know. I, I mean, he was so much as maybe I this, mean, it's not like, you know. Well, I mean, but in, in so much as maybe 85? none of this matters. Sorry, 85. 85. Maybe yeah. none of this matters, uh, you know. But, but part of me feels like, oh, you know, it sucks that he died when conventions are not happening and all yeah. of his fans are stuck at home. Because I feel like. This would have been a year where you saw a big turnout. Like, think of how when, um, you know, think think about when um, uh, Leia died. Yeah. And the actress died before that. Uh, yeah. Why am I blanking? Um, Sorry, I'm stuck on Margot Kidder, and I don't know why. I, that's, what I, that's my problem, too. That's my problem, too. Not only am I thinking of Margot Kidder, but I try to get off Margot wow. Kidder. Wow. Re- and yeah. Right, and and as I try to get off Margot Kidder, I'm seeing yeah. what's her name that was Indiana Jones's love interest, who I just recently saw was in some random B movie, and so now I'm stuck on her. Sorry, <sighs> now I'm stuck on Mia Farrow, and that's wrong. Mia, <laughs> Mia. but no, what? Carrie Fisher, Carrie Fisher, yeah, Carrie Fisher. of course it's Carrie Fisher. I mean, Hollywood royalty. We're just old and tired, and that's why we couldn't say it because we're dumb. Here's the podcast of nerds who couldn't. Re- instant recall on uh, on on Carrie Fisher's name, but the point is, when she passed away, in the convention circuit, there was a lot of emotion about her yeah. and about her role, and I think, you know, I think that that's it's unfortunate. Again, he doesn't care; he did, but yeah, his legacy, right? Yeah, it would have been well, neat to always see. be it'll always be Darth Vader. Like, I mean, yeah. you can tell when somebody else is in that suit. They don't move sure. right. <laughs> well, or they move too fast or yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But it's, I don't know. Anyway, I just, you know, 
just the nostalgic one in me feels like it'd be cool if he if the conventions were happening when that did but anyway i just thought um of my favorite yeah. scene the one the one in empire strikes back where he's fighting luke and i forget what happens luke does something and uh, you see david prowse stumble and you hear james Earl jones go oh yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such the yeah i don't think that's the right sound for that <laughs> like it even was like as the- a kid i was like i don't think that's right it was the one take in the sound booth right yeah they only they only uh, had been, james Earl jones for 45 minutes james you've been kicked in the nuts and thrown off a thing oh. uh. <laughs> all right okay james that's good moving on my favorite yeah, three, yeah 64 more lines let's go <laughs> my favorite proustian um moment is when he emphatically because it feel it's so out of the way we think of Vader in later years and how it's been developed around why he's so stoic all the time yeah. that he's just numb. But what I yeah. really love in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back is when he turns to Boba Fett and goes, no disintegrations. Yeah. And he makes an emphatic yeah. point. And yeah. so he overacted the point. I'm pointing to you. And then, yeah. and then James Earl Jones had to like voice out that oh, disintegrations. This time. And there is yeah. no reason for any of that. Like he should have yeah. just been like, a slight tilt of the helmet would have been absolutely perfect. Yeah. But instead no, it was, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 mister, I'm going to disintegrate everything. No, sir. Like he's naughty. You need a body. I think that more than anything was what really started to uh, spike the fan imagining that Boba Fett was rad. For oh, me included. Of course. Yeah, of all the bounty hunters, this one dude is picked up by freaking Darth Vader to be like, you, Mr. Man. Rain it in. Right. Yeah. For for the big bad of the movie to tell yeah. that guy, can you can you can you slow your roll a bit? That yeah. is can you badass, chill right? the fuck out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Okay, so uh, mm, I can't talk about that and this and that uh, because of you, and so we're just gonna then just move right on past all of the remaining Star Wars bits. Sorry. And, Sorry. And we we have some important miscellaneous items. So. <laughs> Uh, one, which, okay, this could be controversial for some of our listeners, and if so, I don't care. Um, I was pretty thrilled about Elliot Page coming out as trans. Yeah, no. Uh, uh yeah, I'm awesome. Good for It's him. none of our business. I, I dig it. But I love yeah. that, I love that he did what he did because of the yeah. risks involved, because of owning yeah. their own destiny, owning his yep. own destiny on, on, on how he was going to adapt his career going forward yeah yeah create gonna be an indie stuff gonna do whatever whatever comes his way yep and consequences in the conservative industry be damned and it's a real test on hollywood's supposed progressive acceptance of things that were not uh publicly publicly acceptable even 10 years ago well we'll see how let's see how let's see how people handle this yeah i've actually seen it uh, uh, contrary to, pop, to popular opinion, I actually seen it, uh, seen it spur some really good discussions about dead names. So, I mean, it's it just like real honest, like, all right, so what do I do in this case? And just people would be like, all right, so this is this is what we do if we're trying to be supportive. This is how we handle it, you know. And it's what's kind of cool. names mean? What do you mean by dead? Uh, names? Dead names. So, uh, Elliot. Oh, oh Page, dead names. Oh, right. oh. You mean it's as a dead name. Formal, formally known as, right. right. Correct. Yes. Are you talking about retroactively? Do you go back and edit the 
Right. The, so the, yeah, just okay. and I am not the person to ask this. I am I am the biggest, whitest dumbass you'll ever meet. So well, but that's an interesting question. That, yeah, but that's interesting. I, I don't want right. I don't want to discuss it on here because both of us are kind of in the same boat. We don't. Have no, no, but opinion. no. I'm just saying I I I appreciate the fact that it has more. It has more import to the person than perhaps in a case like when Prince changed his name three times or Snoop Dogg changed his name three times. Sure. They just, if they just rolled into a new persona, that was part of their right. stage presence to have a new, they didn't go right. backwards and have their catalog change because right. they were transforming. And it is interesting to imagine it, it, the dialogue being is Elliot page, a transformation of another person or was he always Elliot page? And I right. think that you're right. It's right. a, it's a, it's a spinoff topic, but I think it's fascinating, and I and I just say I, I just like to see when people do what they got to do, and they're honest with, the, and they're and they just they put everything out there. And if you have a question about this, listener, dear listener, and you want to know what to do, go ask We're the not trans the community. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly right. They they well, have answers for you, and they're willing to talk. They've always well, wanted to talk. Yeah, go ask. Yeah, but also, and the other side of that coin too is that, um, and I get a lot of this from some of the people that I follow on Instagram and, and Twitter that we've met at shows. Uh, there's a lot of implied pressure. Someone does the thing. Other yeah. people feel like, oh, if I don't do that thing, then shame on me, right? And I don't think that's fair at all. Everybody chooses their path, right? Sure. Everybody sure. chooses their path and defines who they are, how public they want to be about who they are oh, and what choices sure. they make. Yeah, a it's no one's business respect. but theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, and there's yep, a... Yep, it, yep, yep. In... in in uh, some of these communities, just like in every other segment of our life, there's judgment about what other people do and what how it how sure. what it, what it makes other makes other people think that they're supposed to do. And I think it's bullshit. Right. So there you go. Um, another thing that's bullshit, uh, but maybe maybe not somewhat controversial at least to me is Expanse is ending with season six. Sorry, man. I know I know you were looking forward to the, the later books. I'm sorry. Well. Okay, so the interesting thing about that is that um, in the last two books in the series are truly like a sequel, because they jump forward in like time for like twenty years okay. or thirty years. Okay. So it's an it's a natural endpoint or or separation point with cast and with story. However, yeah. I just love it so much. I just wish it would go on and on and on. But and maybe it'll maybe it'll spurn off other shows in like a similar vein because yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it has been groundbreaking. Like it is just because they're ending Expanse doesn't mean they're not going to tell that other story. Yeah, it just may yeah. not be called the Expanse, right? Right, right. Um, yep. And I think there's I think there's, I think that's fair to say, and they could tweak it so that we're not even using the same characters. I think that there's a lot about the last books. You haven't read them, right? Yeah. So there's a I'm lot behind. about it. it. It has major characters in it that we know. But there's yep. a way in which you can see this story in the same way that they've mutated other books and melted sure. them together, and they've they've combined certain characters. I think right, that, we that talked hot, about that before. The hot belter who runs that space station. We talked about that the, last time. Drummer. Yeah. Right. Drummer. An amalgamation yeah, of three three yeah. characters. Right. But God, so she's badass. I love her oh, so much. <laughs> she's such a badass. Yeah. Uh, Kara G is the actress. She's Canadian, and um, what's really surreal is she doesn't have that affectation because first of all she doesn't have that naturally that her act her accent's not that but also yeah she's what she's, she's not using... she's not a belter she doesn't speak <laughs> belter can't what but she yeah right but she's using belter via via as a but using a conduit of a different 
background to get there yeah then her yeah. then her accent is in real life and she's also a, a good octave higher in real life. not uh, oh really octave, but she's definitely higher. oh damn so i never see an interview with her now that's th- yeah, awesome that's i've exactly never seen right. an interview with her you go and you find that her like if you if you if you google her on youtube or whatever you'll find that she does like uh press like um press okay. about canadian projects she was in and whatever and it's uh all right. and she's all like lipstick and hair up and everything and it's wildly yeah. different than what you're expecting but um so it's she's like i've never best. seen um oh what's her name the the character the, the woman who plays beatrix beatrice she plays rosa on brooklyn 99 yes 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 so very different have you ever seen an interview with her out like outside of brooklyn 99 oh yeah Oh my god, Unreal. she's so adorable. She's so sweet. She's, she's hysterical. She, she's, she's glam and giddy and girly. Oh, it's and so it's amazing. so different than her character. Absolutely, yeah, it's so different from Rosa. But, but then, but there she's is the one on the, the cast who memorized the entire police code. So they're <laughs> like, they're like, do you know police code? They're like, oh hell no. Well, you know who does? Beatrice. <laughs> go ask Beatrice. And they're like, really? So they go and start quizzing Beatrice, and she's like. Ah, so that means there's narcotics on the scene, and you know because there's an N at the end. Right. <laughs> she knows yeah. the entire fucking police code. It's great. True story. Back in the day when I was in uh, late, yeah, senior year in high school, you know, I was writing and I was drawing things, and a friend of mine um, was preparing to apply to the police academy after high school. Okay. And as part of her warm you know, her homework to do that, she was doing things like memorizing codes. She was memorizing statutes and she was memorizing yeah. police codes. And she gave me these handwritten lists, handwritten because she was memorized. Yeah. She had memorized them. So she was as practice. She was giving me handwritten lists of all this stuff, gave it to me as that inside scoop that in the pre-internet era, recall, because we're that yeah. old. Um, where, where's a, where's a writer going to get that if they don't have a friend right. in the police force, right? It's not like it's written in a awesome. book. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I have that in my files. I have those handwritten oh, notes so of good. all those codes. That's so good. Um, and there's more than just 5150 written 50 times, right? Um, <laughs> but, um, but, 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 so the thing about The Expanse is that they could, th- there's a way that they could tell the story of the last few books with this jump forward in time. You could actually pull the characters out of, the, the last book is not out yet. It comes out in March, but so far anyway. There's a way that you could see that they pulled the main cast that you're familiar with out of it and you let it truly be a next generation story, similar to the way yeah. they handled Battlestar Galactica and some of those spinoffs. Just sure, sure. let it be its own thing. And I think yeah. play with the same tools and even tell that story and it would still work. So I yeah. hold out hope. I am actually I mean, right I will, now. Yes. I will say one of my favorite space battles ever, ever is when the pre Rosinante breaks free of that Martian battleship. Like the Force the Rosinante. Like when that one. thing goes live in the cargo bay. <laughs> oh my God. One, I thought you were gonna say last Starfighter, so the answer was incorrect. And two, uh I was just gonna say I just started rewatching the expanse. I am not gonna get to the end before the new season starts, but I wanted to start from the beginning and get that fresh take again. Yeah. And I'm five episodes in, and I just two nights ago, I'm watching like two or three a night. So just the other night, I watched that episode again. I had forgotten how much they all mistrusted each other. They hadn't bonded. They didn't mm-hmm. know each other. The Martian interrogator was is pitting them against each other. Yep. All the propaganda. But what I, I was just waiting and waiting and waiting for them to get the, 
get the frigate and then they got it and i would the 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 toshi i think the toshi t-o-c-h-i and watching them just just pulverize just perforate yeah. perforate the sidewalls the inside unarmored sidewalls of the yeah. of the of the of the capital ship and what i found fascinating about that is we know because this is the expanse world and not like star trek they don't have shields and things yeah it, I, my first reaction was sort of like oh it's the old you shoot it from the inside it's got no armor but what is the armor one-way mirror but on the other right. side of it it was actually if it was shooting it from the outside that close it would perforate yeah. it the same way yeah they're same not problem. they're not heavily armored as much well they have mass but they're more they just got a lot of of uh uh perimeter defense weapons right yeah it's not yeah. that their armor's great it's just they got a lot of shooty shooties to get things before they get to you right yeah yeah but that whole episode them is sitting in lockdown and listening yep. to the thuds and having alex as the as the narrator of it because of his experience going uh that's not good <laughs> that's really yeah. not good it's that's so a that's a bad sound <laughs> that's a really bad sound oh my god uh so yeah you know Shouldn't I, you be checking on that instead of interrogating me I mean, we really need to um, no, because remember yeah. he was isolated and he was telling the others, yeah, what the sounds were, and even right. though I knew that the one that um, um, Seth was going to have his head knocked off, I yeah. was still astounded by how well, um, how well they pulled off the suspense of that, even knowing it was going to happen. Yeah, like, I heard about the crying game, crying game, as I've said before on this podcast, by reading the spoiler in, like movie line magazine or empire sure. or some, some magazine at the end of the year's roundup the editor wrote and i waited like 10 years and i still remembered it so i never saw the movie right. and yet and yet i watched this one again and i was just as shocked when his head got taken off because of yeah. how they did it and knowing what was happening because remember they shoot they make the sound and yeah. they have people reacting to the sound and then you see, you the, see the hole then you yeah. turn and you see him missing yeah right yeah and then they're and then they're talking about the bigger picture of well actually we have vacuum on both sides now we're absolutely screwed right yeah and that was the thing yeah. so we need to have more expanse talk but you need to catch up how are you going to catch up with the show and then watch the current season and then go back and watch the beginning again so that we can talk about all of that um well i have to find time to watch a show <laughs> you got to squeeze um, that in with the other stuff you haven't seen yet yeah right but you got to do it because still haven't watched devs and I still haven't watched the oh six my God. other things you told me to watch. You got a long list of homework. You need to put the PS5 down. No. Pick the remote up. Pick the no. PS5's remote up. No. 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 So, no. Um, Hugh Keys Payne passed away. Do you know who he is? No. Immortan Joe. Oh, yes. Yes, I did know who that was. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The, the veteran of two different yeah. two different eras of uh, Mad Max. Yep. Uh, saw through the, saw through the axle. Wait, no, saw right. through the handcuffs or saw through your ankle. Right, right, yep. right. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, and um, you know, really, there's a couple other things here, but may, maybe the other one I was going to mention is that um, uh, we've threatened that they should never do it, and then they said they're going to do it. They're going to do another predator. So just on the heels of all the other predators and the last predator that was dubious at the end. Now they're going to do another Predator. The last one was fine, except for the... I didn't really understand the, the Predator Hunter armor. Like, I was like, huh? Yeah. What? Okay. 
I mean, yeah. they kind of set up the fact that they're factions of predators, and some of them are like, some of them are tree hugging hippies, and they're like, stop hunting these poor creatures. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's weird. But yeah, why wouldn't there be predators who are like, no, that's wrong. It, it like it had the seeds of something interesting as a as a as an exploration of a of something more interest more realistic than a monoculture. Right. It just didn't have a lot of time to, to dive into it. And no, well, and I mean, it had the and it had a lot of rubbery post production suits and stuff. Yeah, it's it's Shane Black, man. He's not. It's like the monster is never going to be your focus. Shane Black is. Hey, watch these two characters be awesome together. That they are. Watch these two characters be awesome together. Yeah, Shane, they're awesome. This is all great. What's going on? No, 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 no. Watch these two characters be awesome together. <laughs> <laughs> what with with Shane Black though, it's you know want some candy, but instead of candy, it's like Christmas candy or cookies or something. Because yeah, everything fair. has to be at Christmas. You see what I did? That's there, fair. With him. Wait, was um, was the nice guys at Christmas? Mm-hmm. They're all at Christmas. Was it? I, I don't know. I think out. it is. I Almost know Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was. Yep. Matt Lethal and, Weapon uh, was. It, Lethal Weapon was. Fuck me! Are you kidding me? Are they all at Christmas? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, well, so anyway, Iron Man 3, Christmas. Oh, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Tom. Uh, That's insane. Yeah, nice guys. That's insane. Uh, I think it has, I think it has Christmas in it. So here's the thing. I, that's a movie I'm saving to watch again. I watched it twice in a row in the course of a week because I loved it so much. And then I put it away in the way that sometimes I try to have the, you know, the strength to put down a really good album that sure. speaks sure. to me. Then I try to put it down so that I can enjoy yeah. it longer. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'll watch it again and then I'll, I'll come back to you randomly and um, I'll text you and say, yes, Christmas. And you'll ignore me because you're playing your PS five again. Um, fair. That's fair. <clears throat> you know what? I will say I enjoyed predators. Well, I think I did guy. too. It, Predators, is that the one with Adam Brody? Yep. Adrian Brody? Adrian. Adrian Brody, yeah. I did too. Yeah. I enjoyed it as well. All the different killers. I thought that was a cool I thought that was a it, cool take. It was I really and enjoyed I dug that. As well. The catfish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, great. moving on. And now for a casually inserted commercial for the buying of products. Listen, between you and me, it's been some trying times. We're not supposed to go out. We're not supposed to do anything we're not supposed to see anyone we got to stay in quarantine it's very important it's for everybody's safety but it's hard to get your shopping done when you can't go anywhere and look for cool things i know this well the internet tells us you're supposed to uh, spend all your money at black friday and all kinds of big box things like tv sets and camcorders and 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 peloton systems and whatnot but i have an alternative for you in the small press uh, spirit. How about this? Go to wrongrocket.com. You may recognize Wrong Rocket as one of the hosts of this fine podcast. Go to wrongrocket.com and look for some art prints. There's some sweet art there. You can find art art prints in three sizes. You can find them in the poster size, you can find them in 11 by 17, and even in a postcard format. All kinds of stuff. You like your Pokemons, you like your Star Wars, you like your Marvel, your DC, your Masters of the Universe. I mean, name something that's not on there. I mean, you, you probably would find a lot that's not on there because most of my inventory is not 
back online yet after the convention season's collapsed. But just pretend. Pretend there are thousands upon thousands of choices there for you to choose from. But seriously, go to wrongrocket.com. Find some cool art. Uh, makes great gifts for your friends and for your family. Get it all done from the comfort of your home or your basement or what have you. And, you know, if you've seen me at the show and there's something you were looking for but you never grabbed and it's not on the site, just send me a note. I have it. I just don't have it on there. And I'll make sure I can get it to you. Okay? So wrongrocket.com for all of your sweet, sweet shopping needs. And check this out. Just use the code ROBOTKRAKEN for 20% off your entire order. 20%! I know. It's an outrage. But do it. It's going to be great. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Would you like to get to our main event for this evening? Yeah, man. Let's do it. The Joker and I broke up. I wanted a fresh start. But it turns out I wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. Mr. Narrative Mike, tonight we're going to discuss yeah, a, topi- a topical and contemporary subject, and that is a certain movie hot it's on everyone's lips birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn which came out in earlier 2020 on streaming did it hit the theaters first i can't remember yeah yeah i saw it in the theater okay so it's it is the last is of the last of the pre-pandemic releases Mm -hmm. and i just got around to seeing it uh last week and i'm prepared to talk about it so Um, are you familiar with the uh, work of director Kathy Yan? I am asking you. Um, I feel like I am, but go ahead and go ahead and kick it out so that the people in the, I'm doing this for you, audience, so other people know who she is. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, she has one, two, three, four other projects as a director, a number of projects as a writer, as a producer, but um she really came out of nowhere and i think that there's a That's story awesome. there about how she got this gig but i think that um i think this movie tries i think it swings hard and it tries and fails at a number of things it tries and is successful at some things and maybe yeah. not other things but what i will say is for better or worse it feels different than other things and yeah. also it definitely did not feel like it had a male gaze behind the camera. No, and, not even a little bit. No, no, no. <clears throat> I will say I, that I, I liked almost all the casting choices. And okay, let me let me put it this way: when I, now, in my in my older age, <laughs> when I watch a movie adaptation of something or a movie version of something, uh-huh. it is never the thing to me anymore. It is right. someone else's idea of the thing. Yeah, so the multiverse not like, of media. Well, that's right. not how that story goes. It's like, no, sure. okay, this is how this story goes for that person. Let's watch this alternate version of this story and see how it goes. Now, sure. having said that, I'm cool with everything in that story, all the names and all the characters they decide to use, except Montoya. Montoya was the only character I didn't like. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about that. And and you know what, I agree with you. But let's let's break this down. So, <clears throat> you know, I, you know. Well, Harley Quinn coming to the table, Margot Robbie. I mean, there was some real. What? Yeah, Margot Robbie. Yeah, of course. However, they took a risk in changing the tone of the character. First of all, it being uh, narrated by her and you getting this leaning more heavily into the vulnerability of her. Less, less 
obtuse sociopath and more yeah. um it's like they took the man pixie manic dream girl thing from the 90s and yeah. glommed it into the sociopath so yeah, that there's a lot of like i mean there was some zoe deschanel type whimsy whimsy about what she's talking about and how she's acting and how irreverent she is and i want you know there i mean it was very precious right she's like i'm gonna eat pringles yeah. with peanut butter and then out of yeah. a guy's skull and you know but at the same yeah. time i thought they did a pretty good job of showing that she was leaning into it on purpose yeah. like she actually was vulnerable yeah and she and what i thought it was also interesting was that they moved quickly past her being hurt by him dumping her and into her having to adapt hard to losing her status that she yeah. was untouchable and then now she wasn't and yeah. that to me was the most interesting part of this entire story see i like the fact that she was touchable and people assumed she was she was always touchable but joker protected her and they learned hard that she was not touchable exactly like, it you wasn't don't get to touch me <laughs> right it wasn't on the run because you no longer you're no longer a maid a maid man or woman it was right you're now everyone has open season to to talk to you the way they really think to vilify you yeah. and to be to look down on you for your eccentricities to call you horrible sexist things and to be rapey and yeah her response to it was sort of like incredulous incredulity at first and then it was cracking heads and i thought yeah. and, and also i really liked that there was some of that i really like hustle in a movie she wasn't a character had it all figured out and she yeah. wasn't a character that was invulnerable. Yeah. She was hustling and it, she was genuinely selling people out and just trying to stay on top of it. There was a very sort of seventies cinema. Like that was, there was cinema very taste stuff to it, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a very central piece of the story is the fact that she sold out Cassie and was like, I fucked up kid. I made the wrong choice. I'm sorry. I'm fucked up. You know, yeah, I think that she sold, I think she sold the vulnerability. I think it was an interesting risk because she has a lot of stake in how this character is portrayed yeah. because I mean, you know, setting aside the, the weaknesses in the DCEU, she was always like, Oh, this is the highlight of suicide. Oh Squad. yeah. She's right? always been, she's always been a shining star in the DCEU. That, that was like the, well, this is the one that was bulletproof better than it ever was. Um, and I think for her to be a producer in this film, for her to be so engaged in the, in the way that the script was developed and to then portray it this way, I think that she took a lot of risk in saying, I'm going to break down, um, you know, I'm going to break this down a little bit and deconstruct it. A little kill your darlings action. And I think it yeah. was, a, I think it paid off. Even I as there's it. parts of me, honestly, that was still looking for more of the other Harley. Sure. I was willing to accept that the character was allowed to evolve into something else. Yeah. Right? Like you know her, what I mean? feeding, her feeding the hyena from her mouth. Like, I loved it. Like, that is a that was great. Harley move. Yeah. You know? Everything with the hyena was just killing me. Oh, just so killing good. me. There's so, one thing about the... Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go, well, I, was go, gonna, go. I want to talk about character design a bit about it, but go ahead. Yeah. Me? Oh, I was going to move you? on to a different character. So you do character design. Do it, do it, do All it. All right. So the one thing I will say is that, um, you know, there was a lot of... Um, later on, there was a lot of pushback on Harley's design in Suicide Squad because of the booty shorts and the fact that there is a lot of airs is staring her up and down and even though it was used in the story, there was a lot of, you know, push on that. Like, well, does she have to be so skin tight and, and you know. Uh, I mean, when we're introduced to her, she's in 
torn. No, no, no. I know. Like but, uh, criminal rags. You know, it's not. But what like I'm we're saying is booty shorting. But yeah. I no, no. You. But but the majority of the film and and her it identity in that movie is that look. And I actually thought that it worked in her character's persona in the movie. I thought yeah. that it was a to me, and maybe I'm being an apologist. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, and they really just wanted her to be super sexy. But to me, it was they that was an interesting translation of the trope of skin tight costumes on superhero superheroes and superheroines and how it's really this it's just on the edge of stripper clothes right so i thought that that costume design was like her leaning really into being flamboyantly overtly out there and that's it and and she's owning it and it's a distraction and it was kind of like a commentary on it maybe it wasn't yeah that's how i took it i was not offended by it maybe but here's the thing think only only deadshot so Deadshot, Tightrope, Captain Boomerang had armor, right? Or right. big bulky clothes. Like Croc, Killer Croc was half naked. Um, El Diablo was half naked. Right. Um, like a lot, there's a lot of skin in that movie that people don't think flag. about. Like it's yeah. just, sure. Yeah. And, well, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, anytime I flag could show she... his guns, his guns was out. Yeah, I mean, you know... <laughs> It became a larger subject because she became so much trans. It, she transcended the film, and mm-hmm. suddenly it was the number one costume at Halloween. And yeah, then, as yeah. you and I talked about at the conventions, not yeah. only did you have a million Harley cosplayers that were picture perfect, you yeah. also had eleven-year-old cosplayers playing that character and yeah. nine-year-old cosplayers playing that character. And that's when it's like, okay, you know, that for better or worse. And and again though, how is that? It's not substantially different than Wonder Woman's costume, right? But or it's about how it's portrayed. Yeah. What's that? Or Satana's? Yeah. But I mean, like in terms of what we've seen in the movies, right? Um, yeah. So there's a little bit more flappity flaps in Wonder Woman's affectation in her costume, but yeah. essentially it's the same amount of skin and the same amount of showing the curves and whatever. But there's an implied there's an implied dirtiness to Harley because of the way the character is portrayed and how she acted. And also at least in wonder woman's own movie, Sally Jenkins didn't have the purient gaze on wonder woman. Whereas when Snyder did it, suddenly it's like, eh, right. Yeah. And that's the difference is I think I like Iris's work a lot, but I think it definitely objectified her. And I think he probably did it on purpose, but it was definitely there. So what I'm going to say is this, I still thought that her look in the orange jumpsuit was the better look that I loved more. But one thing that the new movie taught me was that the very pale white skin yeah. on her is yeah. really hard to accessorize with. Yeah. Because the majority of the outfits she's wearing, they felt very uh, sort of liberating and cool and awesome. It really felt like this character, this independent woman was who wants to be really flamboyant and flashy and wear whatever mm-hmm. the hell she wants, that she might have picked that stuff not because she wants to look a certain way to someone else, but because she thought it looked good. So mm-hmm. that to me worked in the costume yeah. design. But what I yeah. did see a lot of is kind of a torn white t-shirt and, you know, the, the, the gold striped uh, shorts um, with sort of an eighties cut to them Yeah, with the white skin. She just looked yeah. like a really, 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 really pale skinned person. It yeah. didn't have the Harley shocking white, Blanche yeah. skin look to me. It just it's something about that. There wasn't enough contrast. Okay. For me. So that's I my design you. note on that. Um, I'll wait for their comments back. They can write me a letter or send me an email. Sure. Or, 
sure. you know. I, I, I mean, they might send you a YouTube. Or they might send me a, yeah. Uh, so then let's talk about the weakest one in the in the room, which was Rosie Perez's Montoya. It just, like, okay, yes, Montoya's an alcoholic. 100% part of the character. I'm happy they kept it in there. It's very important. It was just, it was so... I don't think Rosie Perez is a bad actress. I'm not trying to be like Rosie Perez sucks. It was just, it felt like a, a lampoon of a drunk person, you know, yeah. like everybody else was, I mean, I know it's a comic book movie. I get that, but it felt like everybody else was actually trying to do a thing. And then Rosie was being a straggling drunk. And I'm like, this I felt is like it question, was like we're watching you know? a female. I felt like it was the Harvey Bullock of this story. Like yeah, it didn't, right. it like, didn't resonate you know, to me in any way that was positive. the question, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. it, and also, you know, again, it's a different view of the story and it's a different world. Uh, agreed. But, but, but it we is. loved, we love Montoya in Gotham Central in the comics and we loved yeah. her taking on the mantle of question, though she was yep. better as Montoya than as question. More interesting to uh, me. Uh, mm, mm. To me. Have but you read the new way, Lois Lane mini maxi series? I sure haven't. It's Lois Lane. When, oh my god, dude! It's Lois Lane and Montoya uncovering uh, a plot. And it's written by Greg Ruka. Dude, oh. it is so good. Oh, I'll read that. It's so good. I'll it read a lot of amazing that. Amazing comic. But to me, um, though, at, at the time when she took on the mantle, I was like, "Cool idea." But at the time, yeah. I was struggling with. I was I was pissed that they were taking one by one, taking all the non-powered, interesting characters. And then yeah. super superheroing them, and I really wanted Gotham Central to sure. stay Gotham Central, so I was annoyed they did. I agree, but I, I agree. liked the choice. I, I completely understand what you're talking about. Yeah, to gender bend the character and have her be that character, I thought was interesting. I just, eh. but but the other thing is, I see so, her as a younger character. I saw her as yeah, someone in her thirties, and Rosie Perez mm -hmm. feels like she's the age she should have been playing the captain yeah. of the squad, not yeah. a disgruntled, uh, you know, sort of on the outs detective just didn't work yeah. for me um let's see i liked the switching of cassandra kane and huntress i thought it was a i thought that was an interesting an interesting version of the huntress because i'm not used to that huntress like that is that is not the huntress in tell, my book tell me what but, you mean like tell me what you mean so okay so you know cassandra kane is yeah. isn't she mute yeah well like, she starts mute oh she starts as batwoman okay. Right, and then and eventually she's, she's called. Then she's called orphan, and right. then eventually, mm -hmm. just like they just like they took Barbara Gordon out of the wheelchair, yeah. they took yeah. her muteness out of her, and then she just became another character. Right. So, so like Cassandra Kane, raised by assassins. Da, 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 da. So they take that and they they kind of switch Huntress's story to be like this thing happened. She goes off and is raised by assassins and doesn't know how to relate to people, which was like that's but, that's Cassandra's story, and I'm well, fine with that. But isn't wasn't Helena Bertinelli that story in the no. comics? No, Helena Bertinelli was raised in the Prime Society. Her fiance was killed, and she becomes oh. a fucking vengeance. She becomes a vigilante. No, she is like Bruce Wayne caliber high society. I was struck by, and I really love Mary Elizabeth Winstead, so it doesn't hurt. Oh yeah, but no, the, she's great. But the costume design, and the set design, and the storytelling narrative. Even before you get to the twist, the storytelling narrative of her flashback. Yeah. All of that, I came away from this movie just wanting to see that movie. Yeah. Like, no, I, I really wanted that movie. It was like Hit Girl done yeah. with less 
less, uh, you know, in your face about it. Yeah. Or just like less being on the nose about it. Sure. I wanted to like, see that movie. Yeah. Harlequin, Harlequin and fucking Huntress. I'm like all in like the rest of the characters are fine, but I'm like, yeah, that pair up, just go with those two. And maybe, maybe Montoya being the straight, no, not Montoya. Maybe the new black canary being the straight yeah. person between the yeah. two of them. Because but I think I love, I love the fact that they made that a second gen character. So it's yeah. possible that Montoya was this this other thing back when her mother was Black Canary, right? Uh, you're talking about um, Dinah Lance. Yeah, like what, yeah, maybe, right. Like maybe Montoya was this this thing that we remember when she was younger with yeah, yeah. Black Canary. You know? Yeah, yeah. I see. And, what you're saying. and now, like the children are just like you suck. You sucked yeah. then and you suck now, you know? And it's, I thought she did a great job. And I, I was watching Lovecraft and being like, God damn it, where do I know this actress from? And I was like, We talked about it on shit. the pod. Yeah, I told you on the Black pod Canary. that it was the same actress and you were like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But so the thing, the other thing about it made me really uh, almost more invested in her story than anybody else's was, Yeah. there's an entire setup in the flashbacks leading up to when she comes back. And then there's the character from when she's back doing this version of Batman Year One. Yeah. And what I liked about it is they integrate, but they still feel different. Like you have all this badass backstory leading up to it, like the telling the story is Kaiser mm-hmm. Soze. And then yeah. and then she's there and she's trying to figure it out. She's yeah. practicing her catchphrase in the mirror. And she's right. you know, like Oh, sorry. We're back to Huntress. We're not talking yes. about Black Canary right now. We're yes. back to Huntress. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying I think that the her vulnerability, that version of a Batman Year One, yeah, was it's the kind of stuff I wanted out of the Batgirl Year One project sure. that Joss Whedon yeah. bailed on. I wanted to see the other than all earnest all the time, super success or like super, sure. super like yeah. driven. Uh, you know, Bruce Wayne's story, this is something else. I enjoyed that she was making it, like, trying to figure yeah. out how to sound menacing and how to be cool when she comes in the room. And Yeah. I, no, I she was it. great. I loved it. I loved it. I loved, I loved her. She was great. And they um, could have taken Mary Elizabeth Winstead and given her the longer hair, which she often has. They could have given her the long black hair and the purpley outfit, and she could have been comics, dead-on comics, in-your-face Huntress, and it would have totally worked. And the yeah, fact that it, they pulled it out and did the goth thing, even better yeah, to me. Yeah. I <clears> right? Um, All right. So Journey dug, Smollett as, as Dinah Lance in Black Canary. Yeah, she, I thought she did a bang up job of someone being like, I saw what happened to my freaking mom. Fuck you. I'm out. She did a really good job in this role. So here's my question. Yeah. You saw this first and yep. then you saw Lovecraft Country. I saw yeah. Lovecraft Country first and then this. And yeah. I can't decide what that has done to our individual experiences with her in this role. Because to me, either one of us, it was our first time seeing this actress. True, yeah. In two very different types of roles. Yeah, right? so you feel you feel she did a poor job in this, huh? I do not. But I found her... Mm, I found her a very interesting choice in Lovecraft Country and engaging. Mm-hmm. And I find her really... Um, uh, compelling in this, but, but I think her her role in Lovecraft Country, both the character she's playing, and the way she's play and her as an actress, and then how she's playing it, is yeah. more of a risk in Lovecraft Country than 
than she is as a risk in this. Not as a Black Canary, because I know, right? Different character. But the type of character she's playing in this story. She's, to me, she she integrates more into the story and the, and the version of Black Canary that we're reading, or that we're seeing, yeah. Yeah. Um, without it being um, particularly jarring. Maybe that's because I got so long, a year of production and a year of pandemic, to already know that this was the woman who was playing Black Canary, so I wasn't surprised at all. So maybe sure. if you really weren't prepared for that and you went into it and you're like, that's Dinah Lance? Yeah. You know, then you went back to the clan meeting and complained about it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I think she did a great job. I think she's really yeah. interesting to watch. And she does something in this that she also does in Lovecraft, which is when her when she's standing there listening to some characters saying something crazy or being intimidating. She does a really good job of playing I'm a, I'm at attention, I'm being perfectly still, I'm paying attention and I'm ready to jump through the window. When someone yeah. if I get a chance, yeah. I'm out of here, right? There's yep. something about yeah. that energy. It's yeah. a poten- yeah. it's potential energy before it gets converted, yeah. right? Agreed. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I totally feel it. she's always ready to she's always ready to be like every every situation with these people is dangerous, and every situation is one in which my life is threatened. You know? Yes. It's, yes. Yeah. But that but she's not nervous. She doesn't um f- she doesn't um a lot of actors they get in these conditions, you know, a Tarantino type story or like whatever, where there's some um, deepeningly menacing person pontificating and doing a, a monologue, but they're also going to cut someone's ear off at the same time. Sure. And a lot of actors just kind of stand there. She radiates this. I'm standing there perfectly still so that you don't pay attention to me in your yeah. in your mania, but I'm poised. I'm yeah. tense. And I think it, it comes through. I see that. Yeah. So now what so, do you think about... Good okay, segue. Well, yes. Good segue. Talking uh-huh. about mania... Uh, mm-hmm. Ian McGregor, yeah, is that where we were going As next? Roman, yep, Roman. Yeah, dude, how? What? What a shitty bad guy. Oh. <laughs> like, I, I mean, not that Ian McGregor was bad. I thought he did a perfect job because the Black Mask is a shitty bad guy. <laughs> is he though? Because I, I never read. I mean, by the when I fell off reading the DC comics, they had barely introduced the Black Mask, and he was pretty. It was just like a pretty cool looking Gotham gangster. Yeah, and I never just, got much farther into it. He's fucking low rent, man. He's just he? he's a dude with power with a like, I think he has I think he actually has a skull face in the comics, but it's just Well, that's like, what I wanted. I wanted know, a sculpted like, I wanted it welded I wanted it welded to his face in the Doctor yeah. Doom versions of Doctor Doom and the Madam Mask. I wanted it to be like he was stuck that way and pissed I mean, about it. So all I know him from, and this is probably not the best thing to know from, was I know him from the Nightwing series. And hmm. he's just he's just another fucking gangster. There is nothing special about him hmm. at all. And I thought that this version of him was way more interesting. Like the sure. super rich, shitty white boy who was like, I want everything to be my way. And is just that intense about everything being the way he wants it, that he's going to freaking beat your head in to get it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like he he I'm, was not. I'm halfway he there. Was not, I'm halfway there. He was not long for Gotham. Like no, he is like the shit he was pulling in that one movie is like, dude, you're not gonna last five minutes in this city. Like you can start pulling this, and someone's gonna just fucking pop you. He was irreverent, and uh, but yeah, he really came off to me as someone who had power. He 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 manifested as the you know the rich kid who 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 was born into this position. 
yeah. but was but was irreverent about it. Yeah. And was just yeah. waiting to be taken out by someone who had the balls to step up to him and say, enough. So I kept thinking in my mind what that character would have been like if he was at the table in Nolan's Dark Knight when Joker showed up and brought everyone together and said, so here's the deal, <laughs> right? He, His reaction guy, would have been... He'd be the guy who stood up and started to make news and like one of the flunkies would have shot him. Right. He wouldn't even been the dude with the freaking, with the pencil trick. It would have been so, even less than that. So for some reason, as I was watching this, so I'm halfway there with you. So again, I like that he took a risk. I like that it was different. And I like that yeah, he, yeah. I like that he leaned into it. Um, I was really troubled that he didn't have his own accent because I saw no reason for him not to have his own accent. Sure. There was nothing that said he couldn't have done that. And I think if he had had it, it would have been more interesting. He's a guy that when he doesn't have his accent, I find it distracting. And I think he would have been more naturally engaging if he was just speaking normally for himself. But okay. that said, that said, mm, so I like that they took risks with him. However, I kept going back in my head to like uh, characters that I would see in, in, in the better of the Guy Ritchie films. Like I, yeah. I saw him as a very eccentric and irreverent and talkative and neurotic, but also goofy because he has no, he has no limits and there's no consequences, but he yeah. doesn't have, but I saw him stopping there. I saw him more interesting as he doesn't have menace. He doesn't have sadism. He maybe has no consequence. No, he might be a, a sociopath in that he has no right and wrong. He doesn't care if people live yeah. or die, but when he gets into the torturing and when he gets into the shooting, that's when I was less interested in the character because sure, to me, yeah. he was more interesting as a guy who entirely was existing because he had Zaz and henchmen to do all the dirty shit. Yeah. He wasn't afraid of it. He was yeah. bored by it. He was not, yeah. he was not invested in it. It wasn't part of his identity. He didn't care. Yeah. Right. That's I, what yeah. I wanted out of that character. And as soon as he gets involved and he's like, Oh, I'm going to go do the thing. And, 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 and be more personally bad guyish, then he was less interesting. I wanted to see him selling everybody out and trying to get off and, you know, yeah, two carpet two carpet bags of cash and being like later suckers. That's what I wanted yeah. to see that character doing a grift on his own people, not he's, yeah. I'm the he's bad just, guy at the end with the gun. Yeah, he's just not that good. <laughs> he's not that yeah. good a bad guy. No. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my controversial thing now. You ready? All right. Yes. I am sick of Zaz. I am sick of him in all his forms. I am sick of Zaz. Stop putting Zaz in things. He's the stupid character. Stop. Stop you, putting Zaz in things. Do you think... Yeah, because there's nothing really interesting. Actually, there's not only nothing really interesting about Zaz in this version of him, but, like, I mean, there was no Zazness about it. No. He actually was just a... He was just like a menacing, a creepy, rapey, menacing bad guy. There was yeah, no I, Zaz. I, just, I don't get... I, I Mike... Mike personally doesn't understand. So in a, a very good story for Batman, there was one crazy fucker who cut himself with everyone he killed and he had lots of scars. Yes. And that's an interesting villain for you? Why? <clears throat> well, Why is that hmm. an interesting villain? <laughs> I would argue that Zaz in, in Long Halloween and in stories where you're talking about really baroque exploration of the mystique of these different almost vaudeville style bad guys mm -hmm. it was an interesting touch in the way that there's and i again i know there's a carnival at the end of this movie but in the in 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 the form of like you know carnival characters 
the idea sure. of Zaz being a guy who cuts himself for every kill that he makes or cuts himself and then kills and then having him all covered in all those markings to show how many yeah. people he's killed it was a neat affect but that's not sure. enough it's not enough no. right no it's and, not. and there and there's definitely a story where you could make a Zaz character an interesting part of the story but we have yet to see it even the Gotham Zaz with an incredible actor was boring he was really good he was really I, I still love him my favorite character he does is still the uh oh yeah the Croatian bad guy from um not his, uh, his head buddy oh yeah. shit what's the name of that show it's the one on HBO Barry. Of it's called Barry, Barry. Oh my yeah. god. Hey buddy, how buddy. you doing? We're not friends. <laughs> okay, buddy. So I was just thinking He's amazing. Yeah. He's so good. But Chris Messina, I don't even it's not even that I don't like Chris Messina. Actually I don't. But I just saw nothing about this character that was interesting, and to call him Zaz was a waste of Oh, right. No, again, not the actor's fault. Um I'm not blaming the actor for this. I just think Zaz is a stupid character. Like I'm like, there's so many other henchmen. Or just call him a fucking henchman. Like, we don't, we don't need I mean, to have every character be someone from a Batman fucking comic. Correct, correct. And there was, some, again, going back to the character design, there were edges of something interesting happening with his character in that in some scenes, he had the he had the cool, um, you know, uh, uh, British punk vibe. He had he had, uh, you know, tall eyelet docks and yeah. and cuffed cuffed jeans and he had a chain wallet and and. That made me feel like, man, they should just lean all. I wanted them to lean all the way into that, and I just wish he had been that guy, sure, like a British brawler, punk, yeah, violent East Ending East Ender thug who was stuck in America, being the right hand man to a pompous, flamboyant, I don't give a shit boss. That would have been an interesting story, right? Again, I'll wait in the mail for the feedback from the studio. I don't know if they will. Um, How okay? So here was probably uh, another one that really. I liked the the actress and her performance, but I didn't like that it was Cassandra Kane, and that's Ella J. Basco, this newcomer. They yeah. got her right off the street to play this character. I mean, I thought I thought the kid as a MacGuffin was a fun. Yeah, she was a fun MacGuffin, but uh, again, why was it Cassandra not, Kane? Not Cassandra Kane. You don't have to name everybody after a fucking Batman character, you know? Right. It just like that could have just been any character, and it would have been fun. I mean, she would have been a better Stephanie, for the love of God. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay, make so her the, make about... her the fucking despoiler. Like it's spoiler. Despoilers are dad, right? Mm, is he? She's spoiler. Spoilers. A theme. I thought spoiler was, um, what's her name? The the one time almost Robin. Stephanie. Right. Yeah, Stephanie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're on the yeah, same page. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Got it. And so, she was Robin. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Oh, okay, right. Shut my horn mouth. So, uh, Mr. Man, so did you find that the plot twists that they use the narrative structure to go back and you see who how it's connected and why why some of these characters inter- interact, did you find those uh, uh, plot twists um, entertaining and did they work for you or did, they see, did you see them coming? They were fine. They were fine. I, so, I've said lots of nice things about this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I left this movie with my partner and we both looked at each other and said, huh? Like, I wasn't mad that I watched this movie, which I have been watching some DC movies. Sure. I was not mad at having watched this, but I was like, I feel like there were some missed opportunities in this film. Yeah. 
Like, I can't yeah. put my finger on exactly what they were, and I don't want to be like, you know, Sunday morning, Saturday morning, Friday morning, whatever fucking quarter, the quarterback thing. I don't do sports. Uh, um, so, oh, Friday night football. In our Saturday morning, Friday night right. football, right? Saturday morning quarterback. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah. Sport the, ball. The, the armchair quarterback. That's yeah. Uh, and, and say, like, I would have directed this differently because I'm, I'm not a fucking director. I just, watching it, I felt there were a maybe one or two pacing issues. There were some points where I'm like, I feel this is going on too long. And B, I feel like the story never really coalesced sure. fully. Yeah. Like I I mean, I don't believe that these I'm not sure I feel like these women still trust each other at the end of this movie. They did I did not feel fight. that yeah. 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 I, I I so I thought the twists I thought that the narrative structure to go back and kind of piece it together in reverse was interesting. And I liked that. I thought that was helpful. I do think it suffered from like many movies that we talk about because it didn't have enough, uh, core linear structure. It it hurt itself because it meandered. Um, I also felt like when you get to the third act and they Mm -hmm. are in, they're in the carnival together and they're like, okay, are we best friends? Yep. You know, and then they're all going to fight together. And then they were really well choreographed fighting with each other. Yeah. It wasn't earned. Agreed. And there was a version of the story where all these people could have had skills and have had yeah. interacted with each other enough. They could have all been competent. They could have been competent fighters who had engaged with each other before, either as adversaries or as yeah. underworld partners, such that when they were all in a group, it still made sense that they would work together that way. It yeah. really felt... Um, I don't know. Is it Mary Sueish? I don't know. It just felt really weird that they all of a sudden were so well. And at the same time, it had Batman 66 level absurdity that they were beating up all of those, uh, you know, the, the, the street thugs that came at him that would like, yeah. they'd knock them over and then they would just get back up again. It yeah. was very noticeable. That it was the same people. And yeah. there was something weak about the idea when he says, I called everyone. That yeah. was a great, con- that was a great conceit. And yet there wasn't enough variety nor did you believe that any of those people would really go and risk their lives. Yeah. Like I expected them to all crowd in. And after the first handful of them got their asses kicked, they would scatter. That's what would yeah. have been more convincing to me. And they didn't do Agreed. That. Yeah. There was, yeah, there were just, but yes, I think that's what I mean by it just didn't feel. Yeah. I feel like there were some choices you could have made to make the, to make the characters real, more real. I, I can't believe I'm saying this about the comic book movie. Yeah, Make well. them more real, not relatable either. Just real. <laughs> I'm gonna say I real. Think... It's like, yeah, this dude's a shit bag. I'm getting my I... ass kicked. I'm not dying for this fucker. Un- unfortunately, I think, um, you know, as much as I wanted to give um, the director credit and the production credit for being different, the problem I had as it went along was it was like the smoking aces problem. It felt like an attempt to knock off Guy Ritchie without understanding what made Guy Ritchie work. Or if you're less charitable, Guy Ritchie's work knocking off Tarantino and not knowing how Tarantino worked. Right. I tend to think that they were different, but you know, killing Zoe and others are like the knockoffs of Tarantino, which again, is not quite fair. fair to the. I know. I know. Not knocking off Tarantino. (laughs) I disagree. I disagree. He was formative in the creation of that story but I think he pulled hard out of Tarantino's vision and style and tried to claim it. It's like, well, I could do this too. I didn't get my props, so I could do it my own way. Look what I can do. 
it was, was badass. It but was I'm badass. saying it was looked at in the marketplace as, you know, well, that's just a knockoff of Pulp Fiction. And it hurt it. And I think in a different environment, it would have been better received. So I don't know. But, I but mean, definitely you smoking had to, aces, though. By the man who wrote fucking Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. But smoking aces, though, right? It had a yeah, lot of no, stuff that was... visually looked good. There were a lot it of did. individual scenes that worked. But then as yeah. you piece it all together as a whole, you're like, well, mm, yeah, this is a mismatch. Yeah, it, 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 it feels like it, the right the people in the room didn't understand what made. But you saw you, know. you saw a super sweet young Ryan Reynolds. He was super I know. sweet. That was like the first so, time I was like, this dude could be Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. So that's the, that's my problem with this movie is it felt too much in the shadow of other stylistic movies that yeah. I felt like it was trying to be. Um, one other highlight that we didn't mention before was one of my personal favorite uh, bit actors, uh, David Uri. Uh, for, I I really get turned on to him in Parks and Rec, um, as the guy that was in charge of the Department of Water and Power or whatever it was. Oh, he played the, the the sleazy the sewer, breeder. The sewer... Yeah, sewer guy. Yeah. Sewer guy. Yeah. He played the breeder of the that sold to the hyenas, or the hyena. Oh, I just yeah. love that guy and everything he does. So. That was that it got major points just to have him in the film. So I was like, all right, <laughs> all right. So, do you think that there's a future, regardless of whether they actually would? Do you think there's yeah. a story no, or a I future think, with any of that, these characters? I think you could. I think you could build on this. I think it is enough of a foundation to make another movie. I mean, if they're willing to make a fucking movie out of Suicide Squad, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a lot of things about Suicide Squad. Sure, but that third act yeah. was. Just what? <laughs> what? Well, like, Suicide why? Squad, Suicide Squad without the googly eyes is a lot better movie. Yeah, um, the googly eyed, uh, the googly eyed level one fodder that they had to shoot their way through. Um, okay, so uh, I think that's a, uh, I think that's probably a wrap on the Birds of Prey and the Emancipation of Tolu and what's her name, Tolu. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so I mean, at the end of it, I'm not unhappy to have watched it. Mm-hmm. I can't recommend it to everybody, but it's not a thing I would be like, no, no, you should watch it if you get a chance. You know, sure, give yeah. it a shot. And if you don't dig it about after 15 to 20 minutes, stop. That's cool. I certainly, um, I certainly was glad it existed. I think it was more interesting and fun to watch than most of the DCEU. And I'm glad that it existed. Certainly better than the last two freaking movies. Jeez. Sure. Christ. Um, okay. Your so do you want to... Why'd you say my mom's name? Really? Really? Yeah. Is this the story we're telling? <laughs> Why'd you say my mom's so, name? Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> do you want to do the rum fueled recommendations first, or just to be crazy about it, just to get wild? Yeah. Do you want to take another sip of your Sovi B and do the planned plundering first? Which would you like? Mm-hmm. Planned plundering. And yes, I'll get another sip. All right, take a sip of your of your sweet, sweet one ice cube, Sovi B, and we'll talk about that plan plundering. But wait, there's more. Prepare for a number one good commercial about all the things you need. With only a few shopping days left before the holidays, depending on the holiday that you practice, so maybe infinite shopping days if you don't at all or you've already missed it, I've lost track already, but here's the point. If you want some sweet gift ideas for that special someone in your life, it may be for the holiday that's coming up, it may be for the holiday that just happened, it may be for a holiday in the future, such as New Year's Eve or Arbor Day, I don't know. 
you have great options from Deeply Dapper. Just like at the convention, but better because it's the internet. But not as good because it's not the conventions. But look, in the meantime, until you can see them in person, you can go to the Etsy shops. Go to Etsy.com and then search Deeply Dapper. And there you're going to find all kinds of wonderful things in their art and decor. And if you want their candles and their soaps and their beard oils, go to their new alchemy website, which is DeeplyDapperAlchemy.com, spelled as it sounds. Buy a thing or two or all the things and make everyone in your life, including yourself, happy. I would do that today. And happy holidays. Mr. Mike Mike, plan plundering. What are you going right. to plan to plunder? So with my eyes, I'm going to finish Titans Season 1 on HBO Max. Titans, you say? Avoiding, I have been avoiding Titans because yes. unlike all those other things where I can put aside the story. Multiversal like, acceptance, yes. Yep. I it's have your favorite a hard guy. time doing it with Dick Grayson. I just can't do it. It's like, nope, not Dick Grayson. You fucked up. I'm out. Um, it's really hard for me. It's really hard. Uh, but I think that this version of Dick Grayson is really fucking awesome. I love did him. You, did you read that Dick Grayson as Nightwing was added to the Snyder Cut of Justice League? Did you know that? That they nope. cast him and started filming it? Do you nope. know who they cast as Nightwing for Justice League? No. Tell me. Tell me. Talk to me. Who? Dane Cook. <laughs> terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> I just Are wanted you to see with you right now. You're yeah, with me right now. I'd like you to. Um, I'd like you to do, test your blood. Get your mean. blood pressure monitor out. I just wanted to see what would happen. That's you did mean. change color. You're, you're mean. I was so excited. Dane I, Cook. Don't get me wrong. I actually, I am one of those people who found Dane Cook funny in the day. Okay, I, I liked him. I, I thought he was funny. Um, he so, had his moments. Yeah, the the pig. But is he Nightwing? When he talks about when he talks about working at Burger King. I find that hysterical. Yes. If you've never worked fast food, yes, yes, correct. All um, right, so just listen to him. Okay, so Titans uh, one Titans. I'm going. Yes. So that's what I'm going to do with my eyes. Yes. Shit, I'm going to do the next thing with my eyes too. How do you feel about how many seasons are there so far of Titans? Duh. Dose. Are they in the second season or are they finished the second season? Second season's done. Season three is starting. Okay, so I saw costume reveals for Starfire for season three. I have I have actively not looked at them because Starfire's fucking costumes in this series are so good. Oh, okay. I cannot wait to see what they actually do with her because her costuming is fabulous. She is an amazing Starfire. I love her. It's um, really interesting that you say that, and I'm glad you did. My reaction, I honestly say that her casting and that idea of her for that character was one of the things that turned me off from trying that series. Oh, I no. wanted I wanted them to try to lean into hard, lean hard into the orange skinned, distinctly alien looking character. Well and when my she and, uses and, her and, power, and, she well, gets okay. orange skin. Trust okay, me. okay. Okay, good. I the problem for me was the early early material they showed us. It made me feel like this is another one of those deals where the CW downgraded things to keep it cheaper, and it didn't work for me so much. But okay, you're shaking they, your head. All right, I promise you they didn't. It's no, they did not downgrade. Like the special effects for her fire are so good. She turns into an orange Dean Dane Cook when she uses her power. That's she does, awesome. yeah. Or it's weird. She changes like her boobs go away. Yeah. Um. So. She's great. 
the character they cast for Garfield, uh, Beast Boy, uh-huh. such a good job. Like the actor's so good, and the girl who plays Rachel, I mean, they just they hit they hit it out of the park. They're like, wow, here's the character, here's here's, here's they, great job. Um, the only thing I'm sad about is there's no cyborg because cyborg is of course on Doom Patrol, which I'm right. like. Why? But fine. And, I, and and actually, still, I, and I we haven't really talked about Doom Patrol that much. But yeah. I, as far in as I've gotten, I was disappointed that he wasn't a come and go, but he stayed. Because I was yeah. like, no, 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 right. just take him back out and put him in. Yeah, put him back in Titans. Like, what are you doing? Um, I was fine so, with that actor as that version of Cyborg, oh, I but I wanted him in, Cyborg. Probably a better yeah. one, but I but I wanted him in Titans and not in mm. uh, Doom Patrol. And again, so my, I'll, I'll look at my I, mailbox to see what they have to say about that. Sure, sure. I, I just, I've been my only problem. Is, so, okay, so I have been watching Doom Patrol two because it's on HBO Max and I can watch it now. Right. Because right. I'm, I'm sorry, DC. I'm not, I'm not paying your subscription value. You don't put out enough good quality stuff. Not going to do it. Um, and I, I say this now, watching Titans. My bad. Whatever. Um, I've been watching Doom Patrol and it's not grabbing me. Like that show mm. should be a freaking home run for Mike's. It hits all the right, all the right values and all the right things. Like the actors in it are a hunt. Like Matt Boomer is one of my Boomer, right? It's Matt Boomer. 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 Shit. See, fuck that up. I've only ever read it. Um, like I love him. I've loved him since Neil Caffrey stepped on the screen for the first time. Like I love him. And do you, you know, think it's him in the rap in the in the wrappings? Do you think it's him, or do you think it's a Mandalorian kind of deal where they just they switch out? I don't know. Wait, are you saying Pedro Pascal is not in the Mandalorian armor? Sometimes he is, and sometimes he isn't. So there are, but in the first season there was less of him in the armor than people hoped for. The second season he's that. in the armor a lot more. He always has stunt yeah. doubles and things, but there are times sure. when there's a lot of walking and gesturing and things that's not him. And it okay. is him and a lot of the more close-ups for no reason. Because, again, why is it ever him? Right? Mm-hmm. But they got the right stunt doubles and people, and not just stunt doubles, but walking yeah. doubles, because he always has the bow legs and the yeah. the, the gate. So I couldn't yeah. tell you when he yeah. he begins and someone else ends. But I can say that I was struck in the five or six episodes of Doom Patrol I watched so far that someone who looks like he is, that he looks... Yeah, was playing a character who was wrapped up in bandages and disfigured, and yeah, he is uh, a beautiful man. He is yeah, a beautiful man. For him to take that role yeah. is an interesting casting choice. Um, I, I think he did a great job in doing it because, I mean, it shows that he can act without that beautiful face. Because he's I been think... cast a lot for his looks and those eyes. Jesus, those eyes. So, Mike, some years ago, I know. Um, whether it was back on the forum or it was earlier podcasts or what, but at some point, Bomer was on the list as a fantasy casting for Hal Jordan. And oh, yeah. so, I can totally see that. Well, 100%. and so the way he looks in the bomber jacket and everything in this, yeah. it's double trouble, right? You're like, it's yeah. just, uh, 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 you know. Yeah, you're so close. You're so close. <laughs> um, and then I guess for reading, which is also with my eyes, sorry, uh, Coffin Bound. I think I'm going to try and read coffin bound which is a, a pretty cool comic series who wrote it and who drew it god damn it i knew you're gonna ask me that one second coffin bound titans coffin bound. i guess 
I guess I will try Titans then. I have HBO Max, so uh, you know, I'll get my I'll get my shillings worth. Coffin bound. No dead air. Dead air is bad for radio. Coffin bound. I know. Sorry, sorry. I'm trying to find it. Brought right. To you uh, by, by Dan Waters uh-huh. is the is the writer, mm-hmm. and the illustrator is Danny. D A N I. Don't know either of them. Don't think I do. Interesting. How'd you find out about it? Um, my local comic shop, Capes and Cow Comics in Oakland. So not really my local. The comic shop I go to. Yes, sir. In Oakland, uh, has an awesome podcast, uh, TV show, YouTube show, every Thursday from six thirty to seven thirty, in which they talk about books they really enjoy, and that is a book they really enjoy, and they've they have recommended on the show, and also. Whenever I walk in and say, hey, what graphic novel should I pick up? That's the first thing they usually grab and say, have you read? I'm like, yes, I don't want to read that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And because it is it is pretty dark and a pretty a pretty dark step into what it means to be alive. And sure. in this year, I don't fucking need that story. <laughs> right. Right. But, right. Um, I feel you. I feel like we're coming out of it. And I feel like with this holiday season, I'm, I'm ready to go for it. Excellent. All right. Well, what I have. Uh, what about you, sir? Well, so I'm still whittling down my list. I've made a lot of progress. Um, I'm about to start Raised by Wolves. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that. Yes, I need sir. to finish it. But when, yeah. when, tell me how far you get, and I'll try and watch it with you. Fair. Um, don't forget, you also committed to doing an entire tandem viewing of the X Men movies. So fit in. that into your schedule oh, of no, all no, that it, other well, stuff it, that you haven't watched yet. If we're doing a tandem viewing, you just tell me when we're doing it, and I'll set aside other things. So, all right, okay, we'll do that. Fuck, I cannot um, wait to watch some of those X Men movies because they're so terrible. <laughs> so, uh, so good sometimes, and so bad other times. Just remember that uh, I was struck by watching one of those Google autocorrect interviews that are so adorable, yeah. where you see the actors, and sometimes they're jerks, and sometimes they're really quirky. So there was yeah. one that I watched this morning that was Sophie Turner and Jessica Chastain. And, you know, Turner is, has grown into – she's a very beautiful young woman, and yeah. she's got a little bit of ego to her, but she's pretty whimsy, whimsical too. But Jessica Chastain, who's gorgeous and intelligent and fun, when you listen to her on camera, she's also quirky as hell and kind of goofy yeah. and really, really, really – so she sucked the air out of the room for Sophie Turner because it's just like, I just want to see what Jessica Chastain's going to say in every right, one right, of right. those. But one of the things I noticed and she referenced was – they asked someone wrote, you know, what does, you know, what Sophie Turner's tattoos, right? And she goes, well, I have this over here and this over here and this one over here. And then I have this on my finger, which is a Phoenix. And I was like, oh, cause you know, yeah, Phoenix, dark Phoenix. All right. Yeah. So on my list raised by wolves. And also speaking of the man, George Rucka, I call him Rucka because I've never heard it said. And you said Rucka. And so between the uh, two, I could be wrong too. One of us is right. Maybe, um, maybe, I, it's pronounced I, Shane. Yeah, Shane. So I, so I, Shane blah, 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 Black. Black. So um, I just recently finished Agency by William Gibson, and we got to wait for uh, Begin Again Simmons to talk about that. But um, so I had. Uh, I um, also have to read it. You need to get on that. You need to get on the hustle fast. I am, so anyway. You're going to be really mad. I'm so far behind on Gibson. <laughs> Oh, no, I was no I was until I wasn't. 
when he found yeah. out I was still struggling through anathema, he's like, no, 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 <laughs> move on. So, oh, no, that was Stevenson. But same difference, yeah. same problem. I was stuck and I couldn't move forward, and, and here we are. So, okay, okay, here's the point. Rucka. So I have a number of his books on my big uh, reading yep. stack that I collected some years ago. A lot of his – have you read some of his novels? I have never read one of his novels. I've only read his comics, and they're yes. fabulous. So he's got a whole – he was a crime novelist before he was a comic writer. Ruby, Ruby has a number of his books, yeah. Yeah, so he's got – so I've got all of the books, almost all the books from two of his other character series. But I'm starting with, of course, Gentleman's Game, the novelization, not the comic – not like the comic script, but it's the book Gentleman's Game that was optioned to make the movie Gentleman's Game, which has not op- really gotten off the ground yet. Okay, so I have the cool. Gentleman's Game novel, nice. and it's a and it's an editor copy. So it has okay. typos and crossouts and various things in it. So oh, that's great! I'm starting that, yeah, and then and then after and so then I have so I have two or three of the Queen Country books, and then from there I'll move on to one of his other things. So there you go. What about your rum-fueled recommendation? What do you have? Things you're enjoying. Oh, right. Shit. Sorry. Um, things I'm enjoying. Um, monstrous. Hmm. Okay. Somewhere in my room. Really good. Um, have I have I talked about uh, we only find them when they're dead? Yes. yes last time. Or okay. the time before. That doesn't count then. Um, Spy Island's okay. I can't really talk about that. Which one? Last God. I've talked about. I totally talked about Last God before because that's been a year ago. What's the, what? What is the about. other Man, other I than just, Titans? What other than Titans? What's a show that you're watching regularly that, that you're excited about that you enjoy? Honestly, I'm, I, I I have not watched TV TV in a very long time. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, like I honestly I read I read books and comics and then I watch Titans with Ruby. Yeah. And you play <laughs> video games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well yeah, I mean we're uh, down we're down to in terms of like regular broadcast stuff, we're down to watching Goldberg's and uh John oh, Oliver. There you go. Yeah. Uh start the current go ahead and start the current season of Friends at the Table. It's a good podcast. Oh yes, um, it's about to finish this season, um, and if you dig this season, they have many other seasons to listen to. Okay, um, they're they are a fun group of diverse individuals playing a tabletop game in a science fiction futurist universe. It's a, Ooh, I like it. They're great. They're great. There's oh, here you go. Uh, the yes. GM for that was actually asked by. Bioware, did Bioware do this game? Am I fucking this up? Who did the Mass Effect games? Sure. So whoever did the Mass Effect games, there he did a um, a one shot for them uh, using the Blades in the Dark system called Omni Blades in the Dark. Oh wow! Uh, and it's a one shot um, story role playing session. You can find it on things. It's great. It was for their N seven day. Um, huh. So yeah, hundred percent. Listen, Austin Walker is. You can follow him on Twitter. He's great. He is uh, a comic, uh, a video game journalist, and, and a wonderful writer. He's great. Okay, great. 
Austin Walker stuff. Okay, sounds there good. Go. Uh, for me, I have upcoming, obviously, is The Expanse Season uh, sure. 5 is about to start in a few weeks. And uh, also, I so I'm looking forward... Why did I write that in my rum fueled? Oh, you know why I did. So it's it's in both, right? So it's in my it's in my planned for the new season of Expanse, and then in my recommended is the earlier seasons because I'm rewatching sure. them. And like I said earlier in our podcast, it's as riveting. Season one is as riveting today as it was when I first saw it. Um, and then also, yep. I would like to recommend The Crown season four, which I just finished. Really? Okay. Have you been watching The Crown? Nope. It's it's good. It's really good. And if nothing else, it's got great music. But, I mean, the casting is amazing. And you know that they every couple of seasons they switch casts, right? Because they as they move through time, they recast the characters. Oh, very smart. So the first two seasons they were younger. And then in the last two seasons they've been um, the sort of uh, later middle age. And then they move into the final arc which will be a recast. It's the one that's going to be coming up. And so we just okay. finished the Thatcher era, the Thatcher era in England. Okay. So that was this season. And Gillian Anderson plays Margaret Thatcher. Oh. If you want to get a taste of this, just go and Google like the trailer for crown season four okay. and check out how much she's leaning into this performance. And I mean, leaning okay. in, in a serious way because physically okay. and you know, Ugh, Margaret Thatcher. Ugh. Every which way. So, but literally and figuratively. Thatcher, what's that? The one good thing she gave us. She is the reason why we have so many awesome British comic comics. Book <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say. Because I suppose woo! you could say it's right. Because they have just run like this woman's the devil, and we're gonna just hell hellblazer. Boom. We would. Yeah, we wouldn't have because of Margaret Moore. Thatcher. We wouldn't have Alan Moore if we didn't have Thatcher, right? So anyway, but yeah, watch the trailer for season four just to get a sense of it because they do an incredible job of casting um, that age Charles and a and a, a relative newcomer playing Diana. But as far as I'm concerned, Julian Anderson is stealing it as uh, as mm-hmm. Thatcher. She just does an incredible job. I think that she's an amazing chameleon of an actor. I oh, still think over how she owned American Gods in half a dozen scenes. To me, she did. Yeah. So, Agreed. listen, it's been real. It's been another fantastic pandemic pod with you. And um, I hope that you can stay happy and healthy long enough for us to podcast again. Because we have many, many more things to talk about. And the we world do. cannot end until you've seen Mandalorian. <laughs> so I will... I will try and I will try and knock that out this weekend. I promise. All right, all right. Sounds real good. So, Mister Narrative Mike, 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 Narrative Mike. It's been a pleasure. Um, and you have a fantastic evening. You also, Tom. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs>